I'm your host, Arrow Kopak, and you're listening to the podcast MP3, Mastering Personality, Perspective, and Productivity. Hello there. This is your weekly session with a focus today's session being on personality, the truth about extroversion and introversion. A quote to set the tone is this. There's no such thing as a pure extrovert or a pure introvert. Such a man would be in the lunatic asylum. Quote is by Carl Jung, psychologist and the founder of what is now known commonly as Myers-Briggs. He's the psychologist behind the research that led to the Myers-Briggs type instrument. In today's episode, I want to talk to you about the difference between extroversion and introversion. I find as you may as well, that this topic is widely talked about and is often the case when a topic is widely talked about, the details can get confusing. The content may get watered down. The definitions are oftentimes unclarified. So today I want to talk about extroversion and introversion and the lens through which you might want to view if someone is an extrovert or an introvert or perhaps maybe even avoid viewing through that lens alone. So I want to clear up some confusion about extroversion and introversion. And some of my inspiration for this was actually from a recent conversation that I'll talk about later in the episode. I want to share with you a little bit about my background of my passion for this topic and for personality as a whole. As we're digging into personality, when talking about mastering personality, perspective, and productivity, the personality piece is really big passion of mine. Reason for this is I believe that when we understand personality types, we're let into some of the design, some of the design of how we are wired, how we are designed itself. When you discover this, it brings such an amazing illumination to our differences, to our personalities, to our individuality, yet also our connectedness. It allows for seeing someone as a unique individual, but who is connected to so many others with similarities. But just because they have the same personality type as someone else does not mean that they are the same person as someone else, right? We're all individuals. This is my passion for personality types is understanding the individual and what makes them who they are. That includes their personality types that are a result of how they're hardwired from birth, as well as how they learn to adapt as a child, as well as the limiting beliefs that formed, as well as some of the experiences that impacted their self-esteem and other things. All of this makes up personality. But personality types can give some understanding to a little bit more of who that person is. But never think that you fully know who someone is just because you know their personality. That is a grave mistake. That grave mistake is often why I find that some people are really opposed to personality types. And when I've talked about personality types with some people, I have gotten some really strong negative responses, just as I've gotten some really strong positive responses. I've had people say to me, all of that is absolute nonsense. And when I hear this, I just smile because when I hear that and see some of their reactions and some of what they say, it's entertaining to see that they are demonstrating some of their personality tendencies, even when they do that. I do, however, understand some of the frustration and confusion with personality types because many, unfortunately, 
use different personality type assessments such as Myers-Briggs or even an Enneagram, perhaps a colors assessment. There's all different types of things out there now, but they sometimes use them to put people in a box. What I have found to be true for me is it helps me to avoid putting people in a box. It helps me to understand where someone is coming from rather than associating where I think that they are without understanding where they're coming from. For example, I'm an extrovert. Everyone who knows me knows that without a doubt, I am an extrovert. However, I am also called a really great listener. And I myself know and many of my friends know that I need my alone time. It's not a want, it's a need. I will become, for lack of better words, easily frustrated (laughs) at maybe agitated if I do not get my alone time. Yet I am without a doubt an extrovert. And for anyone listening who is thinking, oh, I think that means you're an introvert. This is why I want to explain. One of my best friends is an introvert. There's no question in her mind or in mine that she is an introvert. And if I'm using proper Myers-Briggs language, it would be she has a preference for introversion. But for the sake of the conversation, she's an introvert. Yet ironically, she says that I am a better listener when it comes to the skill set of listening. And she doesn't need direct alone time like I do. On the other hand, she doesn't necessarily want to be around a lot of people a lot of the time, and I do. I'm an extrovert who loves to be around people, yet I need my alone time. I love to listen more than I talk. And I love to process internally. I'm an extrovert with introverted thinking, which means that I process information and take it in internally before letting it out before letting out my thoughts and the process. Yet a lot of people think that extroverts process externally. That's not necessarily always true. I realize that I'm giving a lot of back and forth contradictions, perhaps seeming contradictions. But I want to illustrate this point because if you embrace the complexity, that is how you draw out the simplicity. This is something I'm a proponent of. When you dig into the complexity itself, that's where you find and draw out the simplicity. But if you stick with simplicity first, there are some really key points that you'll likely miss, overlook, or misconstrue. So embrace the complexity to draw out the simplicity. When it comes to personality types, I understand that not everyone has the same passion for them as I do. This is not a call to action that you go in and embrace the complexity of all the different personality types. There are certainly a lot of people out there who love to do that. But I am pointing out that You don't want to overlook the complexity because that is where you can find the real truths, the simple truths. And that's what I want to help to do with the personality episodes of this podcast. I want to do that through explanations, such as I'm doing now a little bit, but also primarily through stories, through interviews, through people sharing their perspective, their truth, as that, I believe, will help to avoid putting people in a box. When I interview an extrovert, and they, perhaps similar to me, say that they need their alone time or they can leave a networking event feeling drained. Those are the conversations that I want to have to allow for understanding that this is a tendency, a preference, a foundation. But these types, these personalities can help to understand. Yet if we jump too far and make an assumption and believe that assumption is truth, we miss the complexity of the human being. 
I'm doing a brief throw it at you kind of overview about personality types and about extroversion versus introversion. But I want to lay this as a foundation of my point, which is that just because someone has a preference for extroversion or preference for introversion does not mean that they're going to necessarily demonstrate every trait that is associated with that preference or tendency. That is key. If someone reveals or shows a trait that is not in perfect alignment with that preference or tendency, that does not mean that they are not what they claim. On the other hand, I have spoken with many people who claim to have a certain preference. And when we talk further, we discover that that actually isn't their preference, but it was what they assessed as or is what they believed they were because of certain traits. I never go in talking with someone saying, oh, no, you're not that, you're this. Anyone who does that, anyone who says, oh, you're not an extrovert, you're an introvert, or you're not an introvert, you're an extrovert, or that's not your personality type, you're definitely not that. Be wary because no one knows you like you know you. And you are capable of demonstrating a trait that is not in perfect alignment with your preference or tendency. So be wary when someone says, absolutely, you're not that because they are likely putting you in a box. Not intentionally, not with ill intention, but they're likely trying to see where you fit, what box you kind of go into based on their understanding. And this is something that I really, really, really want you to hear. Personality type assessments, Myers-Briggs in particular, but all personality type assessments that are about where you came from. I'm not going to go into a lot of description between type and trait theory right now, but personality assessments where they say you're this personality type, understand that that is your foundation, not your limitation. I can say that again. Your personality type is your foundation, not your limitation. Oftentimes, great public speakers who can really connect with a crowd who engage in amazing ways and are passionate, convicting, awe-inspiring. A lot of times people will assume that that speaker is an extrovert because they're so well-spoken. They don't mind being the center of attention. They're able to engage so well. Ironically, a lot of times really great public speakers are actually introverts. Reason being, Extroversion and introversion is about energy, not about ability. It's not about the ability to connect. It's not about the ability to perform. It's not about the ability to engage. It is about energy. So much of the content and inspiration for this podcast came from the wisdom that was drawn out from my clients as well as friends. If you have some inner wisdom that you know needs to be drawn out for you to act upon, discover, clarify, Go to harnessyourhindrance.com and fill out the form to have a free coaching session. Let's get back to tapping into mastering your personality. So the next time that you assume someone is an introvert or an extrovert because of how well they engage or how much they pull back, you may be correct, but also realize that this is an assumption or in the science terms, a hypothesis. You need to gather more data to be sure And the best data that you can gather 
is to ask rather than assume. I had a conversation recently with a wonderful woman who is also passionate about personal development, professional development, growth, deeper understanding of self. We ended up talking about extroversion and introversion. She wanted to understand a little bit more about her personality type. And the question that came up is actually a question that comes up a lot when it comes to Myers-Briggs in particular. And the reason I wanted to share this with you is because this misconception comes up very often. And I think it's a really important point of clarity. When you take a Myers-Briggs assessment, there is a scale or a measure that people see with regards to which preference they have. Majority of the time, people are told or hear or believe that this is a scale of how much they are. So in the extroversion and introversion piece, it would be, I am this much of an extrovert or I am this much of an introvert. I have a really strong preference for introversion or extroversion. All of those descriptions are inaccurate because this is not a scale of how much. It's not a scale of how much you are. It's not a scale of how much preference you have. It is a scale of how clear you are on your preference. It's about internal clarity. And that is assessed by how consistently you answer in alignment with that preference trait. So if you select the most extroverted option in the assessment every time for those types of questions, they're going to say you have absolute clarity that you are an extrovert or have a preference for extroversion because you chose the most extroverted response trait each time. That does not, however, mean that you are a stronger extrovert or have a stronger preference for extroversion than someone else who might have a lower score on that clarity measure. So do not assume that you are more or less of one or the other. All that it's about is your level of clarity on which is your preference. And preference is not, in this case with the assessment, it's not an amount, it's a yes or no answer. It's like a yes or no or pass or fail. It is not an amount of preference. It's amount of clarity for your preference. It's amount of clarity for whether you would select yes or no for that being your preference. Again, going back to the example of me being an extrovert and yet having clear introversion preferences in certain areas, this is important because, for example, with me, I have a very clear preference for extroversion, yet I need alone time more than some of my other extroverted friends. Doesn't mean I'm more or less of an extrovert. It's just I highly value my alone time, my introspection time, my reflection time. So there's personality types and then there's values. And this is the fun of getting into the complexity of how people work and why we do what we do, which I am very passionate about, if you can't tell. So when talking about introversion and extroversion, I think it's important to realize that this balance is needed, that every person who has a preference for extroversion also has traits of introversion, also has a need for introversion time. The way to kind of help to understand this is when we went into shutdown, safe at home orders for COVID-19, I found that some of my 
introverted friends struggle just as much, if not more than some of my extroverted friends. You may have seen the posts going around on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn saying, check on your extroverted friends. They are not okay. I found that very entertaining. I certainly did struggle in some ways as an extrovert, not having my extrovert fill up time, energy, rejuvenation in that way. But I also found that many introverts were having just as much of a challenge in some ways. Some were not. Some said, I love being alone and this is great. Yet some struggled as an introvert, even though you would think that it would be ideal because they don't have to be around people. This is the point I'm looking to make. Every introvert also has a need for human connection. Just because someone has a preference for introversion and really values their alone time and likes to be alone with their thoughts does not mean that they do not need human connection. Everyone needs human connection. The amount to which they may need may differ by the individual. It also may differ by their stage of life or their experiences for how much human connection they've had and need. Every person needs human connection, introvert or extrovert. Every person also needs internal reflection or meditation time. We take in so much information throughout the day. We need time to process that. Perhaps you don't get the time daily, but at some point you need to process the information that you've gathered, the experiences that you've had. You need to reflect and ponder, question, challenge yourself, make sense of the world around you. And that comes oftentimes from that internal reflection time whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. Now, an extrovert may prefer to process that with someone else, and that's okay, but there has to be some internal reflection time. Solitude is a powerful practice, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. There are certain revelations that come about and connections that the mind makes when in solitude, especially purposeful solitude. So whether you are an introvert or an extrovert, you need internal reflection time, internal processing time, also known as alone time. If you're an introvert or an extrovert, you need human connection. This is why it's important to not put people in a box and think that an extrovert always wants to be around people and that an introvert is shy and doesn't want to be around people. Those are exaggerations and they're black and white. People are not black and white. The yes or no preference is black and white as in a stronger preference for this. No, I do not have a preference, natural innate preference for this. But that's about it being your primary innate go-to preference, not your all the time traits reflecting this 100%. This is who I am and what I am type of statement. It's not that black and white because people are not that black and white. So remember, this is your foundation, not your limitation. As I discussed extroversion and introversion with this newfound friend of mine, she asked, how do you then assess if someone is an extrovert or an introvert? And my response was, you can make an assumption like a hypothesis, but you don't want to believe that to be truth or fact because it is simply a hypothesis. You're gathering data, you're making some assumptions, but you don't assume those to be absolute truth, right? You continue to gather more data. You ask questions and you never assume that you know someone better than they know themselves. But I told her how I make the hypothesis or assumption is by reading their energy. 
this is a challenge because it's not an exact science. And I would prefer an exact obvious answer. In school, I always preferred math because my answer was, well, math, there's no question of the answer. Either you got it right or you didn't. Embracing that this is not something that you can have a clear defined answer for someone else can be humbling. So I make an assumption based upon how I read their energy. And that comes from continuing to build awareness and observe. I said, when I meet someone, I'll have an assumption or hypothesis in the first few seconds, but I don't assume that's truth. I just continue to gather data to see what else supports it or challenges it. And the main thing that I observe is their body language. So when I approach an introvert, they are likely to protect their energy in a way rather than receive mine. Whereas an extrovert will generally enthusiastically receive my energy and give theirs back. It's like an exchange of energy that is hard to put your finger on or explain. But when you start to observe and draw awareness to it in the body language and the eye contact and the engagement, you start to pick up kind of quickly whether someone, when you first interact with them, this is why I say make an assessment or a hypothesis in the first few seconds because I simply read, did they receive and return energy or did they block energy? And that is not... When I say block, I don't mean that they block me or put a mean face on or shut down their smile, anything like that. It's just a reading of, did they take it in or did they protect their energy? So when they protect, it's not a block as in, I don't want your energy. It's not offensive. It's not rude. It's not abrasive. It's very subtle, but it's like a protection of their energy because they aren't going to receive it and return it in the same way because that's not how they direct and receive their energy, which is what extroversion versus introversion preference is all about. It's all about how you direct and receive energy. One thing that I read that helps to explain this is extroversion and introversion manifest in traits. So when people make assumptions based on traits, those are what are oftentimes manifested from how people prefer to direct and receive their energy. But when we take those traits as an absolute assumption of which preference they have, it may be misconstrued because we can also manifest from our other side. Meaning we may have a preference for extroversion, but we still all have capacity for introversion. Remember that first quote? There is no such thing as a pure extrovert or a pure introvert. Such a man would be in the lunatic asylum, said Carl Jung. We can manifest from our non-innate preference. People oftentimes start to do this more and more as they develop through age. As they get older, they start to manifest from their non-primary preference. So when we make an assumption based upon people's traits, they may not be coming from their primary preference. Likely they are, but they're not necessarily, which is why you want to be cautious about putting people in a box and assuming that you know who and what they are. If your brain is spinning or questioning your assumptions about yourself or someone else on whether they are an extrovert or an introvert, more accurately, whether they have a preference for extroversion or a primary preference for introversion, think about it from an energy perspective, not from an ability perspective. Ask yourself, when do you feel most energized? Is it when you're around people 
Is it when you have a lot of external stimuli? Or is it when you're by yourself and the world is quiet and you get to be alone with your thoughts? Keep in mind the difference between energy and values. You may value alone time, but not get energized by it. You may value being around people, but not get energized by it. This is the distinction. There's a difference between valuing and being energized by. You can also think about how you work best. Do you work best, more effectively, more productively, more energetically when you are by yourself without a lot of stimuli or when you're around other people? Think about it again from energy that you may be energized by people around you and by things and by external stimuli, but it can also potentially be distracting. So you may not be as keyword productive in certain tasks in that way. But again, it's about energy. So for example, when I would need to do focus time and get a lot of work done because I have a preference for extroversion, my best scenario is oftentimes to go to a Starbucks or go to a co-working space where there's something going on around me. There's energy and there's people and there's stuff going on that doesn't necessarily need my attention, but that is going on around me because it provides that external stimuli that energizes me. So as an extrovert, I can work more productively when I have stuff going on around me versus when I'm alone in a quiet room. Unless I have to really, really intensely study. That's a different type of thing. But that's less about energy and that's more about getting my mind to let it sink in. So think about from an energy perspective. Are you more energized in your work when you are by yourself or when you're around other people? When you don't have a lot of external stimuli or when you do? And these are good questions to ask someone else too to gauge whether they might have a stronger preference for extroversion or introversion. As you think on these things and start to explore perhaps a little bit more on the difference between extroverts and introverts, always remember having a preference for extroversion versus introversion is about energy. It's not about capability. Also remember your personality type and your preferences are your foundation, never your limitation. Thank you for listening. If you want to know more about the podcast, events, workshops, or coaching, visit harnessyourhindrance.com slash mp3. And don't forget to subscribe for the podcast mailing list on our website. I have three asks. I ask that you listen to at least three episodes of this podcast before giving a rating, but then please do. I ask that you share this with three people who may benefit from the conversation you heard today. And I ask that you capture your three takeaways from this content. You may always text message MP3 to 888-523-2494 to stay informed when new episodes come out. Again, thank you for listening.